0: Hi, I'm T2, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should, too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Gen X Grown Up.
1: No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown
2: up?
0: Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up.
2: Your dinner can Basically, life sucks as
0: a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we will run down our top 10 favorite one-hit wonders from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Memorable tracks from artists that were never quite able to duplicate the success of that one great
1: song. But you know what is always at the top of the charts for us? Hmm. What is? Uh, Our fourth listeners. Uh, (laughs) Man, you have been working hard on these segues lately. Is that a new thing for you? I'm trying. I'm doing my best. (laughs) (laughs) We we
0: do have some fourth listener email from someone who's not a one-hit wonder. Chad has written in again. Wow. Subject line of this email is, that's incredible, referencing the backtrack on uh, that great show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Chad writes to say, I loved this show when I was a kid, though I don't have any vivid memories of any of the segments, as I don't think I've seen the show since it was on, but when you guys started talking about them, I definitely remembered them. Again, we're doing our job, job, apparently so. (laughs) He says the only one he does remember was a man who blew bubbles, soap bubbles, not like blowing bubblegum bubbles, and he was smoking, and he was blowing smoke into the bubbles to make
1: designs. Oh,
2: yeah. Hmm.
1: I I don't remember that one, but... I wonder how that plays on television today, with no cigarette (laughs) ads and everything. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Here's some designs in Cancer for you ladies and gentlemen enjoy you can vape into it i suppose can you vape yeah, yeah like that's <laughs> any better it's not the same <laughs> i guess no
0: he goes on to say i guess the guy who ate the bike saw Klinger try to eat the jeep on mash i remember that oh i remember that oh, episode right. yeah <laughs> and he thought that was dumb but hey a bike could work yeah a jeep <laughs> no but definitely you can eat a bike what's wrong with that forever fourth listener chad awesome thank you chad hey chad we would love it every time the fourth listener writes on if you'd like your email we read here on the show just like chad hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most make the show. All right. If you guys are ready, it's time to jump into these one-hit wonders from the 1970s. You good to go, Mo? Let's do it. George, ready? Absolutely. Off we go.
1: Hello, friends. I founded the 70s Preservation Society to keep the forgotten music of the 1970s alive forever. And on our new song collection, those fabulous 70s, you can enjoy 23 of the decade's greatest hits by the original superstars. Who could forget the beloved Partridge family? Supergroup the Bay City Rollers Funk legend Wild Cherry and the bittersweet storytelling of Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods Yes, you get 23 top 10 hits That's over 75 minutes of magical 70s music Available on double-length cassette Just $14.99 CD just $18.99 Sorry, not available on 8-track
2: What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On press box Access, you'll hear from me
0: Now, you'll remember it had to be sometime last year, two years ago, we did our one hit wonders list from the 1980s. And Mm -hmm. that's a wildly successful episode that still gets lots of listens and controversy because it's got the best decade for music. That's why you're right. There's no question. It's the best decade for music. We wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to look at the 70s. Now, the 70s, were kind of weird for Gen Xers, that was the, the bleeding edge of music for us. We listened to the 80s growing up and all through high school. Early days. And we're all a little bit older than each other. So George is the baby. Mm-hmm. You were born yep. in 71, I think. 71. Yeah, I was born in 69. Yeah. And Mo was born in 1437. <laughs> that's close sorry 1967 (laughs) but right we're all just two years apart but George is the youngest of us by far we started looking at these
1: and you looked at this list George what was your reaction I didn't know crap that was on this (laughs) list (laughs) I didn't have a frame of reference no I mean I knew one or two of the songs but not from the 70s because when I was a young child at that age you know 71 through 1980 so never more than nine years old my parents only listened to country music Uh I think most of us at that point that explains a lot (laughs) we didn't get to choose music sure like nowadays five-year-old kid has his own damn phone and he's got you know whatever (laughs) streaming service for music he wants and he listens to whatever he wants but back then when you were in the car with the radio whatever your father or mother put that dial on that was what you listened to it was like you listen to country you watch what
0: was on and you listen to what was on absolutely exactly so the one hit wonders we're looking at in this episode are from the 1970s so again let's revisit this harsh definition from Wikipedia. A one-hit wonder is any entity, in this case, songs, that achieve mainstream popularity often for only one piece of work and becomes known among the general public solely for that momentary success. Ooh, that's a, that sounds harsh. I know.
3: That's we hated hard. that oh, right? before.
2: <laughs> Momentary success. You were good for like a little while, then you For suck. a second. That's right. <laughs> Yes, you had your time in the sky, then that's it. You're all done. You're done.
0: So we're using that definition. And in fact, Wikipedia had a list of 71 songs that meet their criteria, which involve hitting the charts, staying on the charts a certain period, and never hitting the charts again. And so we had those to pull from. So since George didn't have as much familiarity in this version of One Hit Wonders, we picked a group top 10. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, we've done that before on a couple Mm -hmm. of different things. And so we create a spreadsheet. It works well. And then we allow ourselves a certain amount of points to put on anything that we want so we have like 60 points total and we can spread them around kind of like the bean counting episode from the office where they're trying to decide who gets what raises
0: yes right, <laughs> right. <The> same idea
1: <laughs> and moving beans the last second to try to snipe each other all exactly. that Exactly. that's right we got yeah, all, all those that things type of stuff happened <laughs> and so we came up with a comprehensive list so it's not that it's an individual's Top 10. It's not Mo's yep. top 10 or John's or mine. It is ours. It's yeah. ours. It's kind of a combined thing. And we feel like that's a fair, democratic way to do it, especially when one of us, myself, has little <laughs> to no experience with the songs from that time period. Yep. Yeah. And lastly, before we get started,
0: I will say that when we get to the end, we've all individually picked our own personal honorable mention that it was not yes. reliant on everybody else. So we have our top 10, and we also have three more honorable mentions. We'll get to those at the end. But I think we've laid the groundwork. We know what we're doing. George, why don't you get us started with our number 10 pick for the one-hit wonder from the 1970s?
1: I would be happy to. Our number 10 pick is Right Place, Wrong Time by Dr. John. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line.
1: And he released that song in 1972. Now, it didn't get popular until the summer of 1973, where it peaked at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm. So, it's got a little bit of a gestation before it got really popular, and I think that was kind of the way a lot of songs did then. It it didn't have social media to instantly make something successful. Mm -hmm. It's ranked as the 24th biggest hit of 1973. Mm. It's been included in an episode of American Horror Story. it's been on an episode of that '70s show. Uh, yeah. It's been in <laughs> yeah. John, one of your favorite Fargo. It was oh, in was one of Fargo? those. It TV was shows. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Music included there, and then of course it was in some movies. It was in Fun with Dick and Jane, believe it or not. <laughs> really? <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was in Sahara. That was the Matthew McConaughey. We're going on a treasure yeah, hunt of thing. Yeah. yeah. I you see that movie? I thought. Anyway. <laughs> At least one person who wrote it. McConaughey with the it, I did. guess. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure he did. He might have just been in it. He might not have gone and watched
0: it. That's probably, it's fair. But
1: then the final film, and this is probably a film that we could use for this entire list. It was in the movie Dazed and Confused from 1993. And that's mm. where I mm. that know fits. it the most from. That fits. I love that film. And there is such a rich history of music associated with that film. And this is definitely one of the my favorite songs from this film.
2: John, you actually scored this one pretty high. I mean, why was that?
0: I did. Well, this is one of those songs that while it wasn't one of my favorite songs, it just scored screams the 70s to me. Like the gravelly voice of the lead singer of Dr. John. I'm in the right place in the wrong time. I mean, right. it's just, that kind of thing. It just feels like I'm in a Cheech and Chong movie. Kind of a lowrider a little bit. It just feels like that. This ought to be back to back with the song Lowrider. Quite frankly. You know, sure, yeah. it sounds to me. That'd be a
1: playlist. I could see,
0: yeah, 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 see that. Yeah, I could see that. It's nothing in the song spoke to me, but man, it just feels 70s. And every time it's on, you kind of turn it on because of the vocals in it. That's why I kind of waited it. Okay. So, right place, wrong time. Our number ten pick. Why don't we move along to our number nine, Mo? What do we
2: pick? Oh, this was an easy one for me. Number nine was "I Love the Nightlife" by Alicia Bridges. Mm. Three older brothers. Okay. Right. So they were
1: heavy into
2: disco music.
1: <laughs> this is a disco classic for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. And by osmosis, I was too because they owned the record player. So you're required
0: to. It was It was yeah. like George's parents. It's like that's what well, they're exactly, listening to. Exactly. That's what you're going to hear. So your older brothers
1: forced you to hear this. Yeah. Oh, it's I, like, yeah. Mo, you're not big enough to beat us up yet, so we're picking the music.
2: Essentially, that's what it comes down to. But this particular song, it charted number five in the U.S. in 1978 and hit like number 32 in Europe. Doing some digging on this, I found out that originally this song was supposed to be an R&B song huh. because she threw the word disco in there. Oh, in the song? Yeah. I guess they said that we have to make this a disco, they disco-fied it. No, before the show, George,
0: <laughs> you said there's a new rule. There's a word in this song that mandates it be absolutely a disco.
1: What was that? Yeah, absolutely. If you have the word boogie anywhere <laughs> in your song, it's a disco song. It's I a disco song. In, instantly.
0: Instantly, it's, gotta be. it's a
1: disco song. <laughs> I don't care what type of instruments you have behind you. it. I, yeah, if you have I, the word I, boogie, I, instant disco song. That's it.
2: Know, I'd, be, I'd be actually interested to hear this as an R&B, but I don't think I'd be able to. I think I'd always hear the disco side of this. Forever. Hey, you could yeah. take this
1: thing and go acapella group from MIT, and it's still a disco song. <laughs> disco you have song. the word <laughs> boogie in it. That mandates it. it. The funny thing is that
2: uh, Alicia Bridges, who, of course, made this song a, a hit, it turns out that she did not like disco at all <laughs> and to the Too point bad. where she's actually quoted as saying that she would rather do a deodorant commercial than do another disco song
1: <laughs> and yet oh. the one thing she's known for, no, for if she it performs anywhere and she's gonna have to sing
2: is a disco song I know it must be like oh. her own version of hell maybe I guess I don't know
1: <laughs> she, she lives her life she's like no not
0: I love the nightlife again <laughs> yeah. free bird yeah. it's her it's her,
2: it's <laughs> well, I say everything, but I mean, regardless of what she thought of it, it is definitely a disco classic. I mean, it, it is. totally it, yeah. is. Unavoidably. Yep. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, so that's number nine. So what do we got for number eight, John?
0: Yeah. Number eight is from a band that I have some tenuous ties to because it's related to the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> I'll explain oh, why in a minute. I oh, wondered God. how this one
2: got on the list. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it did. <laughs> he gave all his points to this one. I, I voted heavy
0: into it. This is Pilot with Magic, 1974.
1: I really don't want to know, but I've got to ask what the <laughs> yes, hell's the connection? <laughs> you gotta ask this <laughs> damn ask. Alan Parsons project yeah. song Well,
0: Magic is a great song in general, but the reason I picked it beyond just that I enjoy this song is by Pilot. Not only was the song produced by Alan Parsons, who produced tons of other stuff like Dark Side of the Moon and stuff for the Beatles and Abbey Road and things like that, but Pilot at the time of this release featured David Patton and Ian Bairnsen, who play bass and guitar in many of the Alan Parsons things. So that's why the connection, but on On its own merits, it was the first single the pilot released and it reached number five in the summer of 1975, but it ended up being their only top 40 hit ever in the United States. And isn't that a bummer? Like your first
1: thing out of the gate is amazing and then crickets. So he shyamalan it. That's kind of of the point of a lot of the one hit wonders, right? They do one thing, it goes really big. And, you know, to say it was their first thing, they probably had made other songs and been touring around before that. So yeah, Yeah. it was the first big single single that released yeah you know, there's a process and it was the first big one that hit for no. and then just nothing else did afterwards yeah and that's a shame you know when you hear
0: the song it sounds very much like a love song and it kind of is and kind of isn't actually there's only two verses and the rest is just the chorus <laughs> and they don't mention a girl at all apparently they say that the song is actually about waking up on a sunny day according to David Patton who wrote it it was inspired by the sunrise on Blackbird Hill in Edinburgh and now it inspires huh. commercials everywhere <laughs> Doesn't yeah, it? Not <laughs> oh
1: oh it's mad. Magic. Absolutely. Yep. How, how many times have we seen that? It, you know, I know. It's... Like I feel like it's a part of every car commercial now and <laughs> yeah. every cleaning product. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's magic. It's, <laughs> cleans up spills like magic. It's magic. It, it'll be on the next Ron Pope BLM commercial.
2: Imagine owning the world's greatest love songs.
3: And you
2: by the greatest voices of our time. Tell me,
3: a once-in-a-lifetime collection. Time
2: Life Music presents the ultimate love songs collection.
1: I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation.
0: We got through the first few. This is going to get us to the middle of the pack. We're up to number seven. And Mo, what is our pick for the number seven one-hit wonder
2: of the 70s? Number seven's a uh, great, great song. Is Oh Child by the Five Stair Steps Ooh. from 1970.
4: Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things are going to get brighter.
2: Yeah, this song. I mean, everyone probably knows the song now because of Guardians of the Galaxy. And Hell It's a yeah, song we he do. uses to to distract them at the end. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so many great songs in Guardians. Song Save the universe. Yeah. I mean, come on, Break it down, <laughs> down you hard. Can't get better than that. <laughs> <So
0: I'm dead>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take, it Take it away. It reached number eight in the U.S., which actually surprises me. I thought this would be a number one. To be honest, yeah. But actually, when they re-release it as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, it actually hit like number one for soundtracks. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. The whole soundtrack did. Yeah, yeah. the whole soundtrack. I, did.
0: I also got credit for that. Well, good for him. They were a
2: one hit wonder two times. Oh, you're not kidding. I was reading about this song in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they said that, you know, whenever they were shooting a scene that they had like one of these songs was going to play in the background, Oops. James Gunn would play the song like on a loop over. Oh, good. And over and over. And they said of all the ones that like Chris Pratt said that this is the only one he didn't mind hearing over and over and over again. All the rest of them he got totally
0: sick
1: of.
2: <laughs> I can see that. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to it now,
0: and I'm almost kind of sick of it myself. It's. <laughs>
1: I mean it is the one they let him sing in the movie so I get why he didn't mind hearing that one over and over again you know cuz he knew it was going to be his big final moment of the movie
0: a classic song but it kind of like mm-hmm.
2: It's, it sounds so wimpy. I've never loved it. It's, a, it's a, like a nice upbeat kind of song. I know, like, John, you didn't rate this really high as, as far as uh, yeah, the rest, as yeah. far as I did, anyway. I mean, I just think it's, it's just a just a nice song. still deserving. Yeah. Yeah. Just for its legacy. I agree. All right, John. So what do you got for number six?
0: Yeah, we're up to number six. This one, I definitely loaded some points on. I like this one The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, Vicky Lawrence, That's 1973. That's a night. That the lights went out
3: in Georgia That's a night that they haunt an innocent man Well, don't trust your soul to no
4: backwoods southern lawyer Cause the judge in the town's got bloodstains on his head
0: so, Vicki Lawrence, this is a one-hit wonder for her, but she's not a one-hit wonder in the world of entertainment. No, Oh, God, no. Yeah. Well, she was on the Carol Burnett Show for years.
2: She's a comic oh and God, a comedian. Yeah. She was on a Mama's House or was is that yeah, the right? sitcom? Yeah, Mama's Family Ma- or Mama's something family. like that. Mama's Family. Yeah, family, yeah right. Let me tell you, when this came on our list, I saw Vicki Lawrence. I was like, that can't be the same Is that the Vicky same Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence? It I mean, that is. is. I am <laughs> like, yep. it is. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> it's such a great song, too. I think she's probably one of the most underrated comedians of all time. People talk about, want to talk about Joan Rivers or even Roseanne Barr modern audiences Vicki Lawrence was a genius Carol Burnett really benefited by having her on the show oh yeah and then you can see how multi-talented she was by having this huge hit on Billboard I know yeah no kidding and the thing I love about the song is we've talked about this in other things in
0: video games and other you know other media it tells an amazing story and it's like this crime story (laughs) with a twist at the end it's like (laughs) M.I. Shyamalan wrote it for her
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then went off with obscurity. But somebody better. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: So this thing was released, I said, in 1973. It hit number one on the US Billboard charts. And of course, it really didn't do that much more. And if you never had any exposure to the song before this podcast, you might remember in Reservoir Dogs. Chris Penn's character was saying something about I'm listening to it this morning. This is the first time I realized that the oh, girl singing right. the song is the one who shot Andy. Like, that's right. <laughs> but just a great song with it that's a ballad and it tells a story. And that's why I love that it made our hit at number six. Does she have a big singing
2: career? No nope. Nope. Vicky Lawrence? Nope. I mean I mean, does she try? I mean This I, is it. This is the big singing career that she had. well to can do it, do it right, right? Do it then right. She put yeah. on a wig and
1: some garter hose and she became mama. <laughs> And that was the end. <laughs> and that was her TV hit wonder. Yeah. All right, George, let's move along to number five. What do we got? Number five is probably one of the most influential songs of all time. And I'm not saying that facetiously, I mean that genuinely. Mm-hmm. We yep. have Rapper's Delight by the Sugar and Hill Gang star, from 1979. Hank. Yeah. Come on, Hank sing that song. Check it out. I'm the C-A-S-S-N, the O-V-A-I, and the rest is F L Y. You see, I go by the code of the Doctor of the Mix. And these reasons I'll tell you why. I'm six foot one And I'm tons of fun And I guess to a T You see, I got more clothes Than Muhammad Ali And I dress so viciously Hey, got wait a minute, guys. Wasn't
2: this on our 80s one-hit wonder list also? <sighs> yeah, it yeah, was. Kind but of there's <laughs> a reason
1: why it's on both. I'm going to explain okay. why I think it deserves... A spot on both lists Legitimately Okay okay. The song was released In 1979 Mm -hmm. It became a hit Reaching number 36 On the Billboard Hot 100 In 1980 okay? Okay So it was Kind of a bridging Of the years But you got to realize what this song is credited with. This song is credited with introducing hip-hop to the masses of the American audience. So good. It's not the first rap song, but it's the first one to become a major hit. Like a mainstream rap song that just said, you know, rap is
0: not just kind of this flash-in-the-pan kind of thing that's a gimmick. It's not novelty music,
1: and it really put it on the Mm map. And it's been recognized by a lot of different sources. Rapper's Delight is number 251 on the Rolling Stones magazine list of the Mm -hmm. 500 greatest songs of all time. Wow. Not just for a decade, not just for a century, of all time. It's also number two on VH1's 100 greatest hip-hop songs, and then even NPR, believe it or not, lists this as one of the 100 most important American musical works of the 20th century. The most uptight anti-rap media thing of the world.
2: NPR still didn't ruin the song. That's amazing. Absolutely.
1: No, and it's even been enshrined into that archive for By the Library of Congress as one of the most important works of man kind of thing, so it's always gonna be there for someone. That's how influential this song was. It was three guys, a producer, they sampled a song from Sheik, believe it or not, as part of the bass (laughs) line. Yep. Oh, just one of my favorites of all time. Because John, you were big into hip hop when we were growing up. I know I enjoyed a lot of hip-hop. Was still am? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any of that without Rapper's Delight and the Sugar Hill Gang. And they never had another hit. Nope. That's just a damn shame, but that's the way it goes. The only thing that surprises me is it didn't make it higher up in our top 10. I really think this is deserving of a top spot because well, of its influence in general. Now, it didn't make it there because we all kind of voted mid-range on this because we had other songs we were trying to put votes on, yeah. but I think this deserves to be in the top three from the 70s, only because of its influence.
0: Well, as a consolation prize, it made both of our lists, the 70s and the it made, 80s, so, so it's, it's got that going for it. It. True. Yeah. And, and deservedly so.
1: <laughs> you bust out the door while it's still close, still sick from the food you ate. And then you run to the store for quick relief from a bottle of K.O. Pectate.
3: I'll
2: Mystic Music presents 70s
1: play. Feelings. Well, that's the way I've always
2: heard it should be. 40 of the most loving hits of the 70s. You'll recapture the feelings. Just listen. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Let 70s feelings awaken the dreams, the romance,
1: the feelings that you remember. To order 70s feelings, call 1-800-349-3232. Or send 19 for two cassettes or $29.95 for two CDs plus dollars shipping to 70s feelings. Box 1164-P, Monument, Colorado.
0: We are truly past the halfway point now. We're moving into the top five of our top 10 one-hit wonders of the 1970s. And George, let's throw it back to you. What is your number
1: four pick? I don't know how this song ended up at number four. It should (laughs) have been number one on every damn list we ever had, but it is Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles from 1979.
2: I think it's kind of where it belongs, to be honest. Mm. I did not rate this song wrong. wrong.
1: You didn't give it a damn point. That's not very high. What
2: the hell is wrong with you? Here's my reason for this I never heard of this song until it was on MTV. Okay. So? But you've heard it now. It was just 1980. (laughs) Oh, so it's an 80s song for you. So,
1: rapper's delight can cross the divide, but this can't just because you didn't listen to the radio early enough. That's not its fault. I I listened to
2: a lot of radio. (laughs) This was not what was playing in New York at the time. Oh, in new york oh new New york
4: York. hey
2: do you have any great poop on (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean come on when they played as an mtv the first time i was like what song is this and i was like nobody i knew
1: even heard of it well let me give you some of the details about this to try and convince you a little bit more because it does have (laughs) a really unique storied history okay believe it or not it was first recorded by a guy named bruce woolley in the camera club and they had thomas dolby on the keyboards for the original recording Okay. Later on, it got re-recorded by the trio who wrote the song, which he, Bruce Woolley was a part of, as the band called The Buggles. Ah, okay. that's the one we know. And, right. And that's the one that we know that ended up on MTV. It reached number 40 in the U.S. Oddly enough, it ranked number 40 on VH1's 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders of the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> okay. Again, from 79. Right. right. Yeah. But this is the one that everybody knows. First music video ever shown on MTV in the U.S. at 1201 yep. on August 1st, 1981. I but- watched. Oddly enough, later on down the line, it was also the first video shown on MTV Classic in the UK (laughs) on March 1st, 2010. That's the life that this
0: song has. So when they made an extra channel for music again, they used it one more time. Right. Yeah, but that was
1: obviously a gimmick. I mean, come on. (laughs) But it was a great gimmick. There was a reason for it. And it was also in one of my favorite musical films of all times or soundtracks of musical films, Empire Records. Hmm. I don't know how it gets zero points. I understand low points maybe because... Because you want to save them for some of the other schlock that we're gonna put later on. <laughs> wow! Oh, <geez.
3: laughs> Loaded language. I know. <laughs>
1: But zero points, Mo? Really?
2: <laughs> I, okay, for a so- in the 70s, I've never heard of the song, so I didn't think it deserved a single point. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I've I, I never heard of it. I, I did All not right. hear
1: the song until 81. Well, let's let you tell everybody what our number three song is and see if you can redeem yourself. Oh,
2: absolutely, because nobody's going to argue with me on this one. I guarantee right, it this one. Here we go. Okay, so number three on our list is Kung Fu Fighting. Come on. But Carl <laughs> Douglas, 1974.
3: <laughs> everybody was Kung Fu. For-
2: This song was produced by somebody called Bidu, which I'm not sure. Of course it was.
3: Hey, this, is this a great song. was the first
2: UK number one hit that was produced by an Asian person. So there you go. So that has some oh. something there. And is that because it's about kung fu fighting? No, it couldn't be. No. Okay. But basically, <laughs> it, it just capitalized on the movie craze and kung fu movies are huge in the early 70s. Which was yeah, awesome. Bruce Lee was massive. Yeah. Yes. But And of course, every martial arts movie that was slightly not serious at all used this song. Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> Wayne World 2, Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. Like I said, who are not serious at all, they all use the song. But come on, this is an earworm catchy song.
0: Now, I had actually heard that this song almost wasn't a song at all, let alone a one hit wonder. And in fact, I brought our friend Moxie from Your Brain on Facts podcast over to join us. Hey, Moxie, how you doing?
4: Hey, guys, I could not be more happy to come over here and talk about (laughs) this song.
0: So you were telling (laughs) us earlier that Kung Fu fighting as, as great as it is and what such an earworm it is, it almost didn't happen. Can you tell us a little more about that?
4: yeah well uh it's performed by carl douglas who Hmm. is um he was a session musician basically the guy you get in to do a song that was written by a songwriter as opposed to an artist and a producer by the name of i think it's pronounced bidu i've never heard it said he had hired Douglas to sing the song, I Want to Give You My Everything, as a single. Hmm, okay. But a single, and for the young people in the audience, that was when you bought <laughs> you bought one song on a physical media, and on the back of it was some other song you didn't care about and would probably never listen to a second time. <laughs> the B-side. The yeah. B-side, yeah. You had to go to a store and interact with other human beings. <laughs> <laughs> they were dark times. And there were two music stores in the mall, but they were owned by the same company, but they didn't tell you that. <laughs>
1: You started when there was a mall. Wow. Most started when it was a cart on the back of a horse. Hey, 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 I'm not that old. She's not that
2: old. Just because my records were stoned doesn't mean anything.
4: Uh, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the B-side of I Want to Give You My Everything, which ended up being Kung Fu Fighting. See, they didn't have a second song. So oh, okay. So they, oh. they had three hours of studio time blocked out, and you might as well use it because you paid for it, and you're not getting the remainder back, mm-hmm. you know, you you don't okay. Get a prorated refund on the studio time, so they're like, "Let's see what we can do." So uh, Bidu tossed it over to Carl Douglas. like you, Do you have anything like maybe something from the vault that you can dredge up? <laughs> and they ended up writing it uh, really quick. That they got it in two takes. Wow! In ten minutes.
0: <laughs> in the, the last ten minutes of the studio time, let's just knock this out. Wow!
4: <laughs> the last ten minutes, like let's just get something on the B side. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can't even put singles out without a B side. I don't know but two takes the man got it for a song that had never been performed before is pretty pretty amazing and he did all the chopsaki like- yells and stuff like that
3: right <laughs> 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 exactly
4: exactly and it was a throwaway it was just meant to be filler and then Bidu played it for the head of Pi Records, who noticed really quickly, this is a good song. This is, in fact, the better song. This should be the A-side. This should be the single uh, that we release. Really? And it didn't initially do very well, the, the single or, or the song, for the first like month or so. And then they started playing it in dance clubs. And uh, if there's oh, yeah. one thing Britain oh, yeah. likes... If there's one thing England likes, it's dance music. Yes. So after it started getting play in the clubs, it just jumped up the charts in the UK. It only made it into like the low 40s on the Billboard chart. But hey, for a song that was just filler, you know, that's not bad. 10 minutes? Yeah. And it went on to sell, uh, you know, 11 million copies of this thing they did Yeah, in 10 minutes in two takes that wasn't meant to be anything. And if I could share a personal anecdote. Please. Please do. This song actually has a personal significance uh, for me. It fell to me to be the one to take our... Childhood dog to the vet to be euthanized. Like the dog we all oh. grew up with. So, and it mm-hmm. felt like. you were older,
1: not as a child.
4: No, not as a child. I, I, I had to be able to drive.
1: that would have been terrifying. I was like, good lord. <laughs> Here, little girl, take the dog to the vet. <laughs> no, no. Well,
4: if nothing else, you'd hope they'd wait until I was old enough to have a driver's license make the yeah, right. walk there. That's right. just terrible. Tr- <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: Would you walk the sick dog up to the vet? Oh.
4: <laughs> just carry him. The baton death march of Golden Retrievers. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm coming out of the vet. I get in my car. I, I'm turn on the radio and Let It Be is playing. And that's, you know, so soothing. Mm. I'm like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is nice. And it's just just wrapping up. And we had this radio station at the time that claimed to play everything. uh, And then the (laughs) next song up, was kung fu fighting
2: so it, oh wow so after let it be
4: yeah from let it be straight into kung fu fighting and oh. that's when i learned it is physically impossible to cry while this song is playing <laughs> <laughs> it's just you can't
3: you cannot
4: do it it, it cannot be done
0: such a feel-good song and it, yeah. and it made you feel better that's great
4: yeah because it it's so fun and it's so happy and it's it's fundamentally so silly yeah you yep. know that yeah, I was still kind of bummed out, but it's physically impossible to cry while Kung Fu Fighting is playing on the radio. That's a little
0: known fact. You heard it here first.
4: (laughs) Oh, I've got all the bonus facts for you. (laughs) Thanks for
0: stopping by, Moxie. Man, we love your show. Would you tell our fourth listeners how they can find your podcast?
4: Yeah, well, if you want to get more bonus facts like these, you can, uh, well, of course, once you have finished the entire back catalog of Gen X Grown Up, (laughs) use that same podcast app to look up Your Brain on Facts or go to yourbrainonfacts.com or if you want to to fill your brain in a quieter sort of way there's also the your brain on facts book available now
0: Ooh, excellent moxie thanks for stopping by no oh, thanks so much for having me
2: all right now we're getting down to the bottom of the list here the, the big one so what do we well, got this for is, number the, top two, the, this is the, top, the top of the list this is the top of the list the best what? not Look, according uh, to
1: me just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, what do we got for number two?
0: Number two is oh, I love this song and I love the story behind it, but I'll get to that in a second. This is My Sharona by The Knack from 1979. Yeah, who doesn't love My Sharona? I mean, it, first, uh, yeah. it had a great Weird Al
1: cover, My
4: Bologna. Yeah, I'll That's give you awesome. That. That's why I know this song <laughs> at all,
1: because of the Weird Al cover. But the song itself, you're right. It's awesome. And the backstory, I've watched a little bit of it as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, My Sharona was the best-selling single in the entire U.S. in all of, all of 1979. Not just during their hit, it, but it was their debut single, hit number one. Again, somebody, their first big single, out of the gate. It stayed in the top 100 for six weeks, mm. and they never made it back. Wow. Mm. Poor The Knack. I know, so so, so, what's this backstory? I didn't hear this one. This is... I love this story. And if this doesn't bring a little tear to your eye, you've made a stone. Oh. So, the song is about a woman named uh, Sharona Alperin. Okay. So, the lead singer for The Knack, Doug Fieger, had a crush on her. Doug was 25 and Sharona was only 17. Okay, a little yeah. creepy, but go ahead. They met in a clothing store where Sharona worked. Doug was there with his girlfriend. Ooh. Saw Sharona was smitten by her with... His girlfriend looking on invited her to come to the show that night. Wow. It wasn't long before they were together, they even got engaged, but they never actually got married and they drifted apart. i love to quote that uh, uh, Sharona said of the breakup, she needed to become her own Sharona, not someone else's. So she kind of needed to escape that claustrophobic identity she had uh, with the lead singer of this band. So has that inspired the song? Or was that yeah, the Yeah, he wrote song?
1: the song to woo her. It was all about her. Yep. Yeah, got it. he wrote the song oh, and she
0: inspired okay. two years of great songwriting by Doug throughout the time he was with the Knack. And then they broke up. Now later they reconciled and they became friends in the early 2000s again, mm-hmm. and they were actually nice. together during Doug's last week of life in February of 2010. They'd made amends. Aww. They were together as friends again at the uh, setting of his life, which I think is an amazing capper.
1: Yeah, it's one of those stories that you might expect to see on a after-school Lifetime special kind of film, but it <laughs> right. happened for real. For <laughs> you know real. what
0: I mean? <laughs> this is like a Hallmark movie. You know, yeah. oh they they're strange, but they're great friends, and when he's dying, she's there. And like wow and on top of it a great song and it's a great song
2: Presenting Sounds of the 70s, all your favorite 70s hits in one fantastic collection. Get Sounds of the 70s for just $9.99 on compact disc or double length cassette. That's 22 fabulous hits. Sounds of the 70s is not sold in stores, so call now. To order Sounds of the 70s, call 1-800-527-2400. Or send just $9.99 for one cassette or one compact disc. Plus dollars shipping and handling to Sounds of the 70s.
1: You really can't ask for much more than that, can you people? Check us out at WhiskeyBusinessPod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.
0: It's almost time for our number one one hit wonder of the 1970s. Before we do that, I wanted to give each one of us an opportunity to pick one song that the other two just didn't care about at all, but to have an honorable mention and put it here on the show.
1: Yeah, because that didn't happen that often on this list. <laughs> it happened a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a twice. Let's start with you, Mo. What was your honorable mention? All right, this one, I was surprised that this made no one's list really, but that's okay. I get it. I get it. It's a lot mm, of great yes. songs to choose from. You can't pick them all, right? True. So, but this song is Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul in 1972. Me and Mrs. Jones
3: got a thing going
2: this song hit number one, and this is the part I just thought was so funny. It's like you know, it's a song about having an affair. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, I didn't know that. That's oh yeah. Okay. I'm it's learning. A song about a person having an affair with Mrs. Jones. It knocked out Helen Reddy's "I Am Woman" <laughs> out of number one when it became a hit, and it was, turn was, was knocked out by Carly Simon's "You're So Vain." So it's kind of weird, little sandwiching. It's kind of two a sandwich between it? some stuff. Huh. <laughs> also, I mean, this was in SS Magazine's Top 25 Slow Jams of All Time, and it really deserves it. it is an and amazing so it's song.
0: your honorable mention,
2: why do you yes. specifically, why do you love and pick this one? I just remember when this came on, it was like one of those times like my, we'd be driving in the car, going on some trip or something like that. Song would come on and this is when my dad'd be like, shut up back there. Turn up the radio. <laughs> <laughs> he just loved he loved this song well, for good reason. Any of the adults in the car were always like all the like telling the kids to shh, yep, we gotta hear this song coming on, the radio would turn up and then the song was over and we could be loud again. That's
0: yep. I love memories <laughs> like that connected to songs and why it's meaningful to you. So George, how about you? What was your honorable mention that didn't make the top ten?
1: So first of all, it's the most honorable mention, the most honorable mention of all of them. Mm. Oh, okay. because well, it's mine, geez. and I'm always right. So, <laughs> regardless of what mine, our fourth listeners right. say, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> mine is "Play That Funky Music" by Wild Cherry from 1976. Song. This awesome honorable mention, which should have been on the list anyway, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 <laughs> in September 18th, 1976. It was also number one on the Hot Soul Singles chart. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this may be one of the few songs on our list that hit number one on two different charts well, of the era. Multiple charts, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Certified platinum by the our good friends at the RIAA <laughs> <laughs> because they sold over two million records, eventually making. It to two and a half million records just in the U.S. Mm, wow! Right. That was
2: back in the days when record sales are how they counted things, right? When it was yeah, records, right? right? When it was 45s right. yeah. and albums yeah. and everything. Yep.
1: Uh, it was listed at number 93 on Billboard magazine's all-time top 100 songs in 2018. Wow. So people Jeez. still, even just a couple of years ago, are showing this song praise and recognition as well. They should. This is a song that when I was a young kid, and we would hear this playing on the radio, like at my little elementary school, mm. right? Somebody would have a little, one of those little small portable transistor radios and they'd play oh, the right, local of course. And we'd be sitting in there on the basketball court. We'd have our short shorts on and the knee-high <laughs> socks with the bands around, color bands oh, around yeah, the top. Tucson, of the no, yeah. the visual! Stop! <laughs> and we'd be playing basketball to play that funky music and it was such a fun song. Such a fun song. To this day, I get images of like roller rinks and disco balls and everything else that's just totally
0: awesome i get the same imagery and i respect the legacy of it and your opinion but i boycott anything from the 70s with funky in the title i can't do it i'm <laughs> sorry funky and
1: boogie i mean how do okay. you boycott either one of those terms boogie's They're fine awesome. i i nope. funky i draw the line at funky sorry <laughs> All right, John, I don't know how you're going to top that honorable mention, but let's go ahead and hear yours just so we can get done with this part before we get into number one. I don't think it's going to top
0: it for anybody except me, but my honorable mention is Junk Food Junkie by Larry Gross (laughs) from 1976.
3: Yeah, in the daytime, I'm Mr. Natural. Just as healthy as I can be But at night I'm a junk food junkie
1: Good lord, have pity on me
3: (laughs) Why are you all
0: laughing at the junk food junkie?
1: Come on now! Listen
0: some respect is in order. 15 weeks on the US charts peaked at number nine, and nobody gives a damn about Larry Gross's one hit one to the junk food junkie. No.
1: Sorry. No, <laughs> well, not really. If I'm going to listen to food based music, I'm going to listen to Weird Al. Who the hell is Larry Gross? Well, he didn't have much of a storied career, as you might imagine, since he made this list.
0: This came out like right at the origin of like the health food craze in the mid 70s. So, pretty much like all the people who were vegans today were in this trend, right? They're like, I'm super healthy and that kind of thing. I'm
1: going to eat bean sprouts and alfalfa sprouts that, and bananas. That's what it's all about. Yeah. This is
0: about a guy who is a self-proclaimed kind of health food fanatic, but at night he sneaks off and he eats junk food. You know, he eats Big Macs and Pringles and Twinkies. It and- sounds like a
2: sitcom plot. It
0: could be. And I had this song on my Ronco 33 and the 3rd LP funky favorites novelty record. Loved this song. album. Yep. So that's why it's my honorable mention, the Junk Food Junkie. Oh my God. Okay, um, we've made it through the
1: honorable mentions. we made it
0: through <laughs> nine of the top ten. We've made it to number one. And, George, we have reserved number one for you. Tell us what it is.
1: I don't know why we're reserving number one for the guy who didn't listen to hardly any music during the <laughs> 1970s, but since we did, <laughs> at least we picked a really good one, one that I know from Marvel. Once again, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass she from
4: 1972.
3: The say, they say, Brandy, you're fine.
1: Surprise mm-hmm. no one yeah. that this reached number one on both the Billboard Hot 100 and the Cashbox oh, yeah. Top 100 charts. One of the only other songs on this list to do it on two different chart lists. Following the song's release in 1972, Brandy increased in popularity as a girl's name in the United States, according to the Social Security it, Administration. Oh, yeah. That can make sense. Oh, jeez. In 1971, Brandy was number 353. <laughs> for girls' names. Right. 1972, it went all the way down to 140, and in 1973, the first full wow. year after the song's popularity, went down to number 82. The 82nd most popular woman's name. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's just geez. crazy. According to the, you know, Social Security Administration, every time you got your little card and everything, right, I don't yeah. know how many illegitimate children named Brandy didn't get their Social Security cards <laughs> or maybe their stripper cards. names were used as Brandy <laughs> or something, so that l- number may be on the low side, <laughs> but it definitely had an influence. This did for Brandy what the
0: police did for Roxy.
3: Roxy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Popularized that name that maybe otherwise wasn't. And this is another great story based relationship building and telling
1: why you can't be with her. What a great I love the story of this song. Well, I think it may be the best story based song and that's what it was written for. It's such a good story that it's often misjudged as being inspired by a woman who really did live in the 1800s and pined for her sailor lover to come back home but he never did and she died waiting for him, but it's not about that woman at all. It's actually about the author's girlfriend who was named Randy at the time, and she just happened to be a barmaid. And then he went from there. <laughs> and he went off to the ocean?
0: Did he go to get on a ship? No. <laughs> no, no, he
1: no, he just wrote the song about her being a barmaid and he because he wanted to write quote unquote a pirate song. Oh, okay. Oh. So this is how that developed. He's supposed to be a pirate. I didn't pick that part up. Yeah, I didn't either, but yeah. uh, it's been in a lot of films, as we all know. Lords of Dogtown, Say Anything, Charlie's Angels, believe it or not, a very Brady sequel even. <laughs> like, okay. And then, of course, its most famous entry into film to date, lately, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. And it played not just in the movie, but it was central to the story of the film. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people take from it.
0: I really enjoy just like the persona of the ocean in this where, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be with you because my life, my love, and my lady is the sea, right? So it's it's like for sailors, many of them, it brings so much color into it. It's not just like, I'm
1: on a boat so I can't love you. It's so deep. I love how it flows. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it goes to her as well. Like, she serves a hundred ships a day, but she only loves one man. Yes, On all exactly. those ships. Oh, I know? got and, chills.
0: I love this song. What a great
1: pick for
2: number one. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, we actually want to- but one that we all sort of agree on. You know, that's pretty amazing. Weird.
1: Someone call Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, oddly enough, Mo, you gave this the highest point value of the three of mm-hmm. us. I was second, and John was actually kind of on the low to moderate end for point values. Yeah, you know, I had more points on it. I shifted them down to junk food junkie. That's all. That's <laughs> what it was. Oh, God. What <laughs> the hell?
4: Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> you guys just wouldn't vote for it. What can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: AM Gold. All of your favorite hits of the sixties and seventies in one fantastic collection. Get AM Gold for just nine ninety nine on compact disc or double link cassette. That's twenty two fabulous hits. Then audition other great AM Gold albums. There's no minimum to buy. Cancel any time.
3: I think I love you. So what am I so? Call now. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page.
0: If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not tell them about us? They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, genxgrownup.com up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. I can't get over how we all agreed and we're proud of our number one pick. That makes me so happy. So happy. It's so rare. (laughs) It's it's the rarest of all things. It's like a precious little four-leaf clover. a snowflake. Yes, it is. Before we get out of this show, you know, I'd like to take just a second toward the end to express our gratitude for our patrons who support us over on patreon.com. Give us a few bucks a month to really support what we do here on the podcast over on the website and on YouTube. Man, this is a growing list. 30 plus and counting. <laughs> Here we go. I thank each and every one of you. Stubaka, Jason, Agile, Greg L, Shelby, Chet, Marcus, Levi, Tony, David, Adam, Slowmo, Thomas, Stu Monkey, Mark, Greg Z, Davis, Tom J, T2, Mike C, Lee, Dana, Ben, Jonathan H, Dan, Arlo, Steen, Blaster, Stash at Matt, Chad, and Travis. And Woo. Stew Monkey increased his pledge from what he had all the way up to $5. a mm. oh, wow. thank you. Prompting thank from you. us. Thank you so much for that. He said he was watching some of the bonus content and said, you know what? You guys are worth two more bucks. And he did it. So all right. thanks to you. Nice. We're worth $2. Awesome. At least. At bare, <laughs> maybe at most. Maybe at most.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, different value scale there.
0: <laughs> if you have not yet signed up for Patreon and would like to support us, Mo, would you tell the fine fourth
2: listeners how they can go about getting all set up? Oh, absolutely. Just go to genxgrownup.com com slash patreon there. It'll take you right to the site. We have all different levels. We appreciate anything anyone can give, of course. You know, anything anyone can give. But the more you give, we have additional bonus content. We have outtakes. The more you get. That's right. The more you give, the more you get. <laughs> even at the higher levels, we have swag. We even added a new highest level. By popular demand. We had to. Yeah. It's really awesome and really shows us that what we're doing is reaching you. So we really appreciate really anything that anybody can give. Super gratifying. Thanks so much and thank you, Mo. That is going to wrap it up for this look back at One
0: Hit Wonders of the 19th We'll have another backtrack in two weeks and a regular edition of our show is coming up next week. Until then, I am John. Mo, thank you so much for being here. Always fun, man. George, you know, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. And fourth listeners, it's you. We appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. X grown-up as a member of the evergreen podcast family learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com
4: shows till unacceptable for grown-ups your dinner
1: cannot just be french fries. fries basically I love the nightlife. I love to boogie. Now that's gonna be stuck in my damn head. The nights, the light, the night, the, the lights went. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. The right? nights, the light.
0: Yeah,
2: one light of Georgia at time.
0: This is the night. The lights went out in Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Apparently, John, you have to this make me feel better. This going can, go, so okay. damn well. I keep telling y'all, <laughs> just the just internet wait God, us, do not want not us to do this one.
2: The internet
0: is gonna be cursed. speaking. Okay. All right. Five, four, three. Now I had heard that the, the I'm to, good job first words fucked it up three two you got to get it one. out of the way early <laughs> right yeah 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 Greg Z David Tom J T <laughs> it must be T two I didn't type it <laughs> okay, sorry sorry right. uh, yeah. Three, two <laughs> I didn't type the two uh, Tom J T fucking put the two in there idiot I can't read it two two got it all right. starting again at the beginning fourth listeners how they can go about getting set up sure it's like super easy (laughs) sorry unlike (laughs) my speaking yeah it's okay all right right, yeah okay that's a blooper let me do it again and they'll just hear this part at the end where i'm an idiot okay (laughs) (laughs) all right